Every day, we rise, challenging ourselves to work for what we believe in. At U.S. Border Patrol, protecting our borders is more than a job. It's a calling. Agents answer the call, working together to keep our country and communities safe. If you are ready for a new mission, join U.S. Border Patrol and go beyond. Learn more at cbp.gov slash careers. Blog Talk Radio. Rise and shine, for your light has come, and the glory of the Lord has risen upon you. A new day has dawned. All over the earth, men and women are arising. It's time for the sons of God to awake. It is a day of justice, recompense, Restoration, revival, and resurrection power. Pastor of New Wine Ministries. In just a moment, Pastor Jeff Bass will be with us. Uh, we have been removed from the YouTube channels, and so we will be getting back to you on that in the future, Lord willing. But remember, we warned that there would be an opportunity to join us on OmegaRadio.org. That's OmegaRadio.org. You could watch us live. You could listen to us live. And, of course, on Blog Talk Radio, 818-369-0326 is the number to call. And, of course, on Facebook under the Omega Radio. Okay, so that's it. Uh, in just a moment, Pastor Jeff Bass is going to be joining us. The view behind me is a very deep concern that not only do I possess, but I believe a lot of people around this country and around the world uh, are concerned that the scene behind me will be a little bit different in that every single bed will be filled with casualties of what is coming upon this earth. I mean that with all of my heart. I believe it. I believe something is coming that is going to shake this earth. I believe it's in the right now moment. I don't believe it's a far off. 
And only God knows the exact timing. God's a loving God. He's a merciful God. And there's no doubt about that. But there comes this moment of accountability. And this is uh, that moment, in my opinion. Uh, In the book of Amos, chapter 8, we read, Thus hath the Lord God showed unto me, Behold, a basket of summer fruit. And he said, Amos, what do you see? And, he, and I said, a basket of summer fruit. Then said the Lord unto me, the end is come upon my people of Israel. I will not again pass by them anymore. Now, remember, take the principle of Romans chapter 11, that the Gentiles would boast against the Jews. He said, that's not wise. They fell because of unbelief. You stand by faith, but if you turn, the same will happen to you. So we're reading something that happened in the days of Israel, but this Judeo-Christian nation called America should not expect anything less than what was happening in the days of Amos. Keep that in mind. It's a biblical principle. It's valid. So God's saying, the end has come upon my people. I will not again pass by them anymore. And the songs of the temple shall be howlings in that day, saith the Lord God. There shall be many dead bodies in every place. They shall cast them forth with silence. And our concern is that the dead bodies that will be everywhere, we're going to see facilities like the one behind me filled and overflowing to capacity with the next event, the birth pang that's ready to hit our nation. It certainly does feel that way. It is being acknowledged in every direction from many different people. There is something, and it is violent. There is no doubt about that. It's a very violent thing that is ready to happen. It is biblical, and in the spirit, there is discernment to be able to understand. And then there is a validity or a valid reason for this to happen. It is that we are in a jubilee cycle, or it's not a good jubilee, it's a 50-year cycle of a nation that has offended God and has rebelled against God. We talk about that all the time. So, in verse 8 of the same chapter, Amos chapter 8, shall not the land tremble for this, and everyone mourn that dwells therein, everyone will mourn that dwells therein, in this country. Now, I happen to believe that we're in a new covenant and that we have access into a kingdom, and the kingdom has access to our hearts through the Holy Spirit, and that we can be alive and remaining and walking in the midst of what's coming upon this earth and in this country and be untouched very much like Abraham, being in the right place at the right time, doing the right thing with the right people. Right now is the wisdom of God. The lot mentality of Christians dwelling in the earthly, lower life, lower plane of existence, enjoying the things of the world, living in the things of the world, unconcerned about the things of God, just looking for my best life now thinking, there is going to be, just like Lot, those that will be running for their lives into the hills, into the mountains, into different places, trying to escape the wrath that is coming upon the nation and upon the cities of America. That is a biblical New Testament reality because of the particular crimes we have committed against God and our nation. So we understand that. So the land will tremble for this and everyone mourn that dwells therein. And it shall rise up holy as a flood and it shall be cast out and drowned as by the flood of Egypt. 
So this is not this is a very turmoilous time. Verse nine: It shall come to pass in that day, saith the Lord God, that I will cause the sun to go down at noon, and I will darken the earth in the clear day. I will darken the earth in the clear day. I maintain that an electromagnetic pulse is going to happen in this country. I saw it over 31 years ago in the spirit. I, will, I refuse to deny that, to think that that was just kind of my imagination. It was an experiential vision. I was taken into it. I saw it at the time. I did not understand it. But I believe that this scripture at some point will be fulfilled. Now, we've read this passage coming up on three years, uh, or was it, yeah, three years. I've been going every year back to Amos when we're approaching the summer, because it's all about the summer fruit. It's about what is coming. And this harvest, this basket of summer fruit, that's harvested fruit. So the time of harvest of judgment is in the land. Now, when we talked about this in 2020, in March or April, all of a sudden, what happened? There were dead bodies everywhere, supposedly, in New York, in the hospitals, on the streets. People were just dropping dead and dying, supposedly. That's what they saw. Donald Trump said that he saw in his own Queens, New York, dead bodies being taken out quietly in refrigerated trucks. Um, it was a very bad deal, but it was a preview of what this message is actually saying. And there's a little bit of context to this in verse 10. I will turn your feasts into mourning and all your songs into lamentation. So here the children of Israel were participating in the feast of the Lord, but their hearts were far from God. They honored him with his lips and not their heart. And so God says, I'm going to take your feast and turn it into mourning. Now, what's interesting about that is we have another feast coming up here in about 24 days. In 24 days, right around there, will be another feast of Shavuot. And yet, the harvest summer fruit, the, the summer harvest of judgment that is spoken of in this chapter, we realize that if you get into the summer months with an electromagnetic pulse, with an energy crisis, with a grid down, if this were to happen this summer into the time we're living in, this would create tremendous death. And it's true, whether it's in a winter where it's freezing, pray that your flight be not in the winter. In the summer with the heat, like right now, we were at 88 degrees yesterday, 88 degrees the day before that. And, you know, the, the summer heat of the 90s and getting into the hundreds and you get into the cities and there's no electricity. There have been dry runs at earlier times in cities like New York when the lights went out and it was a horrible situation and that was just for you know several hours and then i think there was one for three days um we could revisit that information and i think we need to but the word of god says i will darken the earth in the clear day what else could that be than a lights out scenario and i'm going to turn your feast in the morning and all your songs in the lamentation i will bring up sackcloth upon all loins and baldness upon every head and i will make it as the morning of an only son and the end thereof is a bitter day and it's not too difficult to understand with everything that we have done as a nation that a bitter day is coming upon our country a bitter day is coming upon the united states of america We've had several bitter days. We've actually had bitter weeks and bitter months and actually bitter years. We've just experienced a bitter year coming out of 2020, 2021. 
It was a bitter time for America to see cars burning on fire and buildings burning and violence and gunshots and murder and killing. And it was a bitter time for our country. There's no doubt about that. But rather than sweet eating the bitter waters through the wood, the cross, and allowing Jesus to heal our nation, well, all those bitter waters still exist. And that bitterness has gotten even more bitter. And so a bitter day is coming. A large, major birth pang is coming. And it is going to bring a bitter day upon our nation. And the world is going to be changed by this next labor pain, this next uh, contraction that's ready to take place. And it's going to be a time of mourning and a time of lamentation. There will be a great wailing in the streets of our nation. It will be Katrina times a thousand. People will be fleeing their cities looking for a place of refuge. And the people like Lingering Lot that are going to get out just in the nick of time are going to find themselves in situations they would wish to God they never would have been in. So you need to be walking in faith with Abraham on the top of a mountain. You need to be journeying with Jesus. You need to be connected to the eternal purpose of God. You need to be knowing what God's purpose and plan is. And you need to know what he's ready to do in the world. God said to Abraham, should I hide that thing that I'm going to do to Sodom and Gomorrah? And when God unveiled his plan to Abraham, he began to intercede for his nephew, not for Sodom and Gomorrah. He said, I got to get my nephew out of there. And so God heard his intercession. God sent angels, got his, his, his uh, nephew out. But there was a lingering. There was an unwillingness. Lot's wife turned around, became a pillar of salt. The sons-in-laws, they thought he was crazy. They ran up into the mountains. The angel said, go this way. He said, no, I want to go this way. They went the wrong way, and his daughters wound up having sexual relations with him and offspring of Moab and Ammon, these nations that have been a thorn in the side and pricks in the eyes for a very long time to Israel. So there, this is a very critical moment for everybody to be paying very special attention to. <clears throat> and uh, I, I'm very concerned about it, <clears throat> and I, I think we have every right to be concerned about it. And I will simply say this, that our message, our ministry, what God has had me say, and you say, oh, we hear this all the time. Consider this, please. You turn on TBN, you turn on a, new, uh, a, a, a Christian network, all day long, every single day, you hear nothing but smooth things. You, very, you hear very little about sin. You hear very little about the judgment of God upon our nation. For the most part, people have been feeding on the fluff. They've been feeding on the cotton candy that Christian religion has been espousing. Now, I do not disagree that in Christ Jesus, there is an abundant life, but I'm not talking about that. I'm talking about networks like that that have refused to talk about sin until very recently. I think there may be an awakening. Thank you, Jesus. Maybe they're going to open the door to let some other ministers come in and tell the truth of why our country is in the condition that it's in. And I, I do believe that they have not spoken about the righteous judgment of God upon America. They continue to insist that God is for America, God is with America, and that this is all the devil that's doing this work. Now, obviously, uh, the devil is in the details. There's no doubt about that. There's no doubt that our sins have opened portals and access points of the devil to enter in and wreak the havoc upon a nation that has been wrought. However, 
Rather than shutting those portals, we have abandoned our post to cry out against what is happening. And again, I will say it one more time, that every abortion was committed on an altar of idolatry. It was a sacrifice to the demonic principalities and powers, energizing what is evil and wicked and opposes God and rebels against God. That is a simple fact. Every sexual thing that goes on with pornography, another altar of idolatry. These are areas in our nation that have been erected to offer sacrifices to Satan. Satan that is being energized moves in the minds of the people. They fulfill his will by becoming his priesthood. And we see ourselves now languishing and in, 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 the, in the muck and mire of a moment now with the idea of a nuclear bomb being dropped on our major cities or many nuclear bombs being released upon major cities in this country. And so here is a reality. And every single day you say, well, you talk about this every single day. Well, I do mention it every single day, along with other information to keep it balanced, to tell people that love Jesus that you're not of this world. You're in this world, but you're not of it. This government is not your God. The resources of this earth don't belong to the government to give to you. The earth is the Lord's and the fullness thereof. And as you guide your life into Jesus Christ, you can walk safely in the Lord and experience an abundant life in Christ. I've never denied that. That's a truth all the time. Lukewarm Christianity, compromised Christianity, uh, you know, that's another story. That's the lingering lot Christianity. But those who are seeking the face of God, walking like Abraham, tuned into God, tuned into the frequency of heaven, tuned into the frequency of God's voice, it's not about saving Sodom and Gomorrah. It's not about saving America. America is a modern-day Sodom and Gomorrah by our own laws. You know a tree by its fruit. So it's a commission. It is an assignment to do what we do every time we're behind the microphone. It is an assignment. And what we have labored to do is to bring others into the broadcast. We've always had an open line. We have a chat room. We welcome the voice of many waters, the body of Christ, to sow into this work. It wasn't just a one-man show ever, never intended to be. It was a relaying of information and then a conversation. So we've always made it available for people to call in and talk on this radio broadcast. And we have sought to bring others with information, like Pastor Jeff Bass is going to be calling in any moment now, and he's going to share information. You have another pastor's heart from another place, 35 miles outside of Washington, D.C., a targeted city, along with New York and Hollywood, New York City and Hollywood. These are cities that are targeted. These are prime targets for disaster. Not that the devil wants to destroy them, and that's why I think this next labor pain is going to be very organic and maybe not so man-controlled as we thought, or God moving upon a particular people group to fulfill his will. I mean, God does that all the time, like he did with the Assyrians that he sent against Israel to be the, the rod of his anger was his, uh, was his indignation. Uh, the rod in their hand was his anger. Isaiah chapter 10, you can read that in verses 1, 2, 3, 4, and 5. So with that being said, um, you can live one of two ways. There is no middle ground. Multitudes, multitudes in the valley of decision, said the prophet Joel. Multitudes in the valley of decision. I have a message here. Uh, I was going to produce this last night. I got notes everywhere. This is one of the greatest messages I'm ever going to preach. And I'm going to be preaching it this weekend at the New Wine Ministry Church. And I don't know if we're going to be on Facebook or YouTube or anything else. This is for, this is for an elect people. 
This is for a remnant. This is for people that are walking with God in covenant. And it's probably one of the most prophetic, revelatory messages I will have ever preached in my life. And as you can tell, I've got notes all throughout on all the pages. I got notes and scriptures. I'm gonna, there's over 100 scriptures here we're going to be going into. So, but there's something that people who love God need to know. And this, is, this, this word cannot be mixed with the chaff in our lives. It's almost like God is reserving this for people who has, have gone and cleansed their hearts and cleansed their minds and have done business with their own soul. Because God has very excellent things to share with his church, to share with his people. And if you have come to him through Jesus Christ, you are his people. But there is a working out of our salvation. There is a working out of getting rid of the chaff, getting rid of the dross in our lives. And it's a measurable thing. It's step by step. It's from glory to glory. It's not all once. We get that. But if we're not pursuing holiness and we're not willing to repent of our sin, the ones we know about, then how will we be prepared to receive a message like this that has more glory in it, more biblical Holy Spirit anointing, drenching wet, soaking wet, if we're not dealing with our attitudes, if we're not dealing with our soul, if we're not dealing with our, uh, you know, our, our offenses or our own bitterness or our own bitter roots or uh, our own unforgivenesses towards people, or our own pride or our own jealousy or envy or sexuality, if we're not possessing our soul by, by, you know, through your patience, you possess your soul. And if we're not possessing our soul, then this word will simply get in. It'll make people feel good, but it will get lost and never produce the fruit because it will get entangled with the weeds of our humanity. And so God is reserving some of his best. He says, I've got the best for last. And I do believe we are a last generation and God has some amazing word for us. And so we individually and corporately and all ecclesias across the country and around the world should be going through the same thing. I would imagine that all the leaders of the ecclesias across the world are bringing their congregation into holiness, you know, declaring the sins or, you know, declare unto my people their sins. Lift up your voice like a trumpet, God told his prophets, and, and, and show my people their transgression. Show them, show them, show them, show them the mediocrity, show them. The, the normalcy of their walk, and that they're acting like mere men. Paul condemned that in the book of Corinthians. says, you know, we're like, walking like mere men. We're not supposed to be like mere men. We are to walk as a spiritual, supernatural. And the natural man understands not the things of the spirit. So a supernatural person is somebody that walks beyond the naturalness. They walk in the spirit. They are spiritually beyond the natural man. There is a natural man. There is a spiritual man. The spiritual man is tuned into the frequency of heaven. The spiritual man is not looking horizontally at earthly things. They walk in a vertical relationship with God. They go into the heavens. They pull down the glory. They go into the heavens. They bring down the revelation. They get close to the heart of God and bring a revelation to the body of Christ. There's a vertical relationship like the ladder. In the days of Jacob, when he saw the ladder of God and angels ascending and descending, and Jesus said, I am a ladder, and you're going to see the angels ascending and descending upon the Son of Man. So the vertical relationship of believers with God takes them out of this, I'm an American, I'm a patriot, I'm of this world. No, we're in it, but we're not of it, and trying to save something that has offended God is a 
foolish endeavor. It is a futile attempt to change things. We are connected to the kingdom of God. Now, being salt and light in our society, we would speak the word of God and warn the nation, because God wants to save as many souls as he possibly can. All, as far as I understand, God's desire to save every soul. But we live in a country that said no. We live in a country that said no. So now comes the the preparation. Now comes the time of facing some pretty heavy stuff. Now, having said that today, I want to get into a phone call with my dear brother and friend, a very true and dear friend, Pastor Jeff Bass. Let me bring him into the broadcast right now. Good morning, Pastor Jeff. God bless you, sir. How are you today? Hello, Pastor Jeff. Are you there, sir? Can you hear me now? Yes, I hear you now. God bless you. I thought, (laughs) uh uh-oh, what happened now? (laughs) No, 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 no. No, that was me. I, I, I had it on mute for a second there. But no, uh, again, uh, as always, thank you for allowing me to be on your platform here. Answer your question. I'm doing fantastic today. And as I said, I pray that you are doing great too. I really am, Pastor Jeff. Um, <clears throat> just kind of, you know, the, the scene behind me here is a critical concern in my heart about what the only difference will be that these are empty beds. And I fear the day that will come that these beds will be filled. And you probably cannot see them because you're on the telephone, but um, <clears throat> trying to balance the day, personally doing well, um, we're, we're being challenged by the Spirit of God to do things that are uncomfortable, but moving in the direction of bringing things to where God can really release something formidable and equipping to the body of Christ, particularly as we approach this Pentecostal season and we have expectation for an anointing and a breakout of the spirit, a microburst into ecclesias that will be empowered and equipped to be able to go forward in the days that lie ahead. So uh, we're getting things cleaned up. We're getting things prepared. We're longing for God's people to turn to the Lord with their whole heart and uh, yield and submit to him so we can come into sweet fellowship. And so that's going on in my heart. So I'm doing good, but I'm so glad you're with me today. And I know you've got a lot of good stuff to share with us. And so without further ado, my dear friend, my dear brother, God bless you. What do you have for us today? Well, I've got a couple of articles here, really two or three. The first one I want to talk about is uh, an article. Um, it kind of lines up to what you're saying. I, You know, on the, a lot of the Christian um, TV networks and, and other places, they're talking about revival. But but I'm I'm in kind of a alignment with you, I think it should, we should be more focused on repentance as opposed to revival because the judgment of the Lord, I believe it, you know, it has started and um, a revival is not, is not going to happen. That's just in, in my opinion, but, 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 but that's an opinion, but I do know we need to repent and, uh, and not be focused on revival. But also I think a lot of the end time, scenarios, biblical end-time prophecies are lining up. For example, with my first article, it says China China surrounds Taiwan for massive invasion rehearsal drills. And this was from the American Military News, and it said on Monday, the Chinese People's Liberation Army, the PLA, announced its Eastern Theater Command organized maritime aerial, conventional, missile, and other forces around Taiwan and they carried out drills 
around the island from last Friday to Sunday. The Eastern Theater Command said the drills were intended to, quote, test and improve the joint operations capability of multiple services and arms, end quote. While Taiwan governs itself as an independent nation, China considers the island a part of its territory, and Chinese officials have repeatedly discussed, quote, reunification with the island, including by means of military force. In preparation of a of and a possible real action of military conflict in the Taiwan Straits, all PLA forces will play their roles as they will surround the entire island, seal it off, and launch effective strikes. Someone named S-O-N-G Song said, according to Global Times, the Chinese state-run Global Times publication reported um, maritime aerial conventional uh, missile and other forces participated in the drills around Taiwan. During the drills, China's Liang aircraft carrier deployed east of the island, while a large number of Chinese aircraft and warships carried out drills to the island's west. The Ministry of National Defense for the Republic of China, the former the formal name of the Taiwanese government, documented several instances of Chinese military aircraft entering its air defense identification zone, the ADIZ, over the course of the three-day exercise. Twelve Chinese fighter jets, two bombers, and four other Chinese aircraft entered Taiwan's ADIZ on Friday. Two bombers and three other aircraft entered their zone on Saturday, and two more aircraft entered on Sunday. China flies military aircraft into Taiwan's ADIZ on a near-daily basis. Song, a Chinese mainland Military analysts told the Chinese state publication that the PLA's drills were like a rehearsal of possible real action. He also noted the participation of air and naval forces, but noted the seeming lack of amphibious landings and actions by ground forces during the drills. So we see China, you know, it's been talked about in the news about China possibly uh, invading Taiwan and what would – the USA's reaction be to that since, you know, we're really, I think, an ally with Taiwan. So we see that lining up right there. Well, it certainly is lining up. And, you know, that would be kind of a tough thing to handle. you got Ukraine going on with Russia, um, maybe some Iranian things that are taking place or Middle Eastern, and now you're going to engage with uh, China and Taiwan. Kind of would get kind of get out of hand, wouldn't it? Yeah, I mean, um, of course, <laughs> Mr. Biden had his uh, had a press conference yesterday, I think it was. I, I just happened to be tuning through and caught some of it around noon yesterday. And I think they're, you know, they're talking about, well, actually, I read where uh, Congress, I think it's the House, not the Senate, but the House uh, went ahead and, and passed in the House another $40 billion, I think it's 40 or 44 or something like that, over forty billion dollars of aid, more and uh, additional aid to send to uh, the Ukraine, in addition to the thirty-three billion that has already been approved. Although I think I read the Senate is probably not going to approve it; it, it probably won't pass in the Senate. But the House has already passed that uh, uh, funding. So my thing is, like you said, we're kind of going to we're going to kind of be caught thin here, not only in, in, in our military strategy, but finance, f- 
financially, I mean, how much how much more money can we continue to print? Yeah, exactly right. Hey, I just want to bring something in real quick, Pastor Jeff, not to interfere, but I'm looking at something just came across the uh, the news ticker here that there were three um, North Korean or there were three Korean um, uh, three women in Dallas were shot yesterday afternoon after a suspect opened fire at a hair salon located in the city's uh, Koreatown, a historically Asian district. Uh, there's been a lot of that going on in our country. Uh, Afro-Americans uh, predominantly are, and yet we saw also in Atlanta, I think it was a, uh, a white male that shot and killed the Koreans. What's going on in our own country where we're having uh, this is this is like gang related stuff that's happening. What do you what do you sense in this? I had they were all Korean women. Yeah. Can you hear me? Yes. Yeah. No. I was I was to answer your question. I like I said I, I hadn't heard a, I hadn't read that story the one that, the breaking news that you gave me about in Dallas and and everything. Uh, just you know you asking me again the the two words that that come. To mind, to me, or false flag, per se. I mean, when I say that, I'm not saying it doesn't happen, but I just believe that the enemy, Satan, through people, what he's trying to do is to inflame, you know, to cause, you know, to to cause a civil war, civil war from not like looking at necessarily, you know, the civil war of 1865, black, white, this, that, but a but a war internally. Here in America, you know, uh, 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 brother against uh, brother, uh, uh, race, you know, this this race against this this race or whatever, because that's how the enemy does. You know, I think you and I had a had a conversation offline a, a couple of days ago, and I and I was saying how when you stop and think about it, you know, I could be wrong on this. You might could find one, but I don't think so. <laughs> Where give me an ism. That's good. Materialism is not good. Fascism is not good. Racism is not good. So the enemy is a specialist in isms and schisms, which is an yeah, ism. There you go. So he wants to he wants to divide. So, but we as the people, a lot of us, we in the, in our fleshly nature, we get caught up. It's a black thing. It's a white thing. It's an Asian thing. It's a it's a whatever from the racial. But if we if we unpack that thing or peel it back, it's deeper. The enemy wants to do that, and I'm doing some studying, uh, especially when you're trying to bring in a new regime like uh, communism or Marxism or socialism. Here we go again. Communism, you know, you yeah. have to like attack. You have to attack that country's beliefs. You want to, you know, you want to counter that and say it's not good. You know how they, you know, attack Trump. You know. They said orange man bad, you know. And now nationalism, which has never in, in in our lifetime, I believe, Pastor, has never been bad. You know, my wife and I were both in the military. We both served when you know when 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 we've been here at home when they would we we would watch the Super Bowl and you know that they have a big you know the Super Bowl a big event. We would watch the beginning of it uh, years past. And, you know, when they play the national anthem, we stand up and put our hands over our hearts or whatever, you know, uh, because we're, we're I won't use the word proud, but, but pleased to serve this country. Mm-hmm. And so when did nationalism get to be bad? You know, that's an ism, but that's, a, that's you know, 
like I said, one of the few <laughs> that's good. You know, we, you know, we're 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 pleased to 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 be a part of this country and to serve and protect and stuff. So we're just recognizing that. But the narrative has been that's a bad thing now. You know, because of the globalists. We've talked about this before. The globalists who want this one world, new world order. So they have to bring down, tear down the, you know, the the culture of America, you know, uh, what we believe, what we've stood for all these years. They have to they have to come up with the narrative that's bad, that's racist, that's that's this and that's that. So so they can bring in their their agenda and they're uh they're using which I'm don't want to be drifting, but going back to what you said, they're using these scenarios to turn the narrative of people, to change the thinking, to condition people. Well, look at how bad this is going on. Look at, you know, they're going to a Korean neighborhood. They're going to this and they're going to that. So so this system must be bad. We have to change and stuff. So that's how I see it. Well, I think you have a terrific and a, a very godly insight to that. Uh, as you're talking, uh, I'm just thinking about all these things, these isms that are going on, all these movements. You know, there's so much activity and motion, um, and I can't get out of my mind. And I got to, you know, I need to release you to go continue to do what you're doing here. But I just can't get out of my mind. It's just an eerie kind of sense. It's an eerie uh, God. It seems like it's such a discernment that the Lord is saying, "Listen." Um, I foretold you in my word, for those of you who know my word, I have foretold you that these days would come. And when it comes to a population reduction all over the world, it, you know, they're talking about accelerating. You brought this up the last time we were on the air, an acceleration of the agenda 2025 or 2030. They want to accelerate it, and they, they want population control uh, or population reduction by 2025. This is all in motion. They're speaking this way, talking this way. Well, the easiest way for that to happen, Pastor Jeff, if you have a, a one-year goal, just turn the lights out for three months all over the world. You know, shut down the energy sources all over the world and watch the reduction of the population split. I mean, it'll just absolutely, and that can happen by a cronial mass ejection. All Father God has to do is command the Son to release a cronial mass ejection and to bring a wave to wipe out the entire electrical grid around the world. God can actually do that. And I think people think, well, he never will, or he can't do that or whatever. But it seems to me that this, without any preparation whatsoever for a lights out scenario, um, I know the wars are there. I know uh, China, probably Israel, the United States, North Korea, probably possess some kind of weaponry in other countries as well to actually produce that, a man-made EMP. But um, this, this seems to be getting a little bit more traction than usual. Your thoughts about that? I, and I'm not just kind of sharing my heart here. Well, again, everything you're saying is true. I, I mean, first of all, and I, and I, and I continue to try to um, of course, of course, speak the truth in love. But when I, I was going to use the word hammer, but that's not a good word. I try to gently, when I'm on here, to try to remind people or, or, or inform people of the plan. I mean, because I think you know, through the through the Holy Spirit and our reading and knowledge, a lot of people 
can't wrap their minds around the good versus evil. We talked about the the isms and everything, but and we look at the players, you know, the you know the people. When I say the players in in this big picture, but there's a group of people who are called the globalists, the elitists, who do who who have an agenda. Exactly what you said. As a matter of fact, they call it Agenda 2030. They 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 they're pretty blatant about their their plan. It's just like if I told you. I'm going to come over to your place, and I'm going to come and take your car off your property, and I'm going to do it within a week. I've already told you what I'm going to do. Now, you may say, come on, I don't believe he's going to do that, but the globalists have already said what they're going to do and what the more we dig into it and investigate, we find out that this has already been, been planned over the years, and now it's coming to fruition. You know, their plan, Agenda 2030, which, uh, of course, the World Economic Forum and Klaus Schwab says, by 2030, uh, we will own nothing and we will love it. And people could say, wait a minute, you mean to tell me I'm not going to own anything? And you're telling me I'm going to love that. Well, <laughs> we're not loving these high gas prices. We're not loving that you can't get baby formula. We're not loving that it's hard to get fertilizer. If you can't get fertilizer, you can't, you know, your crops are going to suffer. We're not loving that, it's, that, that we're paying the high gas prices. We're not loving that diesel, I just saw it the other day, is $5 here in this area, five fifty five. They were saying five five five, and it's going to go up. And, and, and they, uh, on, on one report, diesel, a lot of stuff runs about diesel, trucks, trains. You know, grain, uh, and all of this is part of the big plan that they have. That people are just uh, just kind of say, "Well, I hate the fact that the gas prices. I hate that, and we all don't like it." But they're actually doing this, manipulating all of this to bring us into a submission. So we 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 will be their subjects. This will be the new slavery. <laughs> you have the elites and the globalists and everybody else. And we'll be the peasants, you know, with the with the something called the uh, uh, universal basic income, and you know, uh, what people don't know is a lot of countries are already on board with this. And the thing in America, we we've been the only one. And I will give him credit. President Trump was pushing back against this. You know, he was like, "Hey, we're the United States. We need to be building stuff. We need to be doing stuff. You're our nationalism. We need to be doing this." And we should, but they say, well, okay, we got to get this out of the way. You know, no, you're, you know, you're holding up progress from our agenda 2030. So, you know, if things get so bad and continue to deteriorate, they they believe by 2030, you know, we'll be living in a, in a little small uh, crackerjack box, a government uh, owned house. Look, look at the housing market. So all these things I'm saying that I'm throwing out there, I'm not just throwing it out there, they're all parts of the puzzle, pieces of the puzzle that the globalists have have implemented, and they're all coming together, and they're thinking that, uh, you know, the uh, the public is ignorant to it. And so, therefore, what are they going to do? So we might as well throw out there what we're trying to do. 
You know, so that's 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 where I see where we are. We have to understand that it's good versus evil. These people, they're they who who are who are the the globalists and the elitists. They have the money, the power, the influence. They're not godly inspired, satanically and demonically inspired. So, so they are spiritual warfare. Yeah, the spiritual warfare. And I want you to I want you to stay on the spiritual warfare part. But everything you just mentioned. <clears throat> How do you see that working biblically? Because everything you're saying seems to be playing into everything that God's word said would be there. And the people that are reading the Bible, I mean, it's like a mystery unveiled. It's as though everything that's happening in our world right now was written in the scriptures from Genesis to Revelation. Revelation being specifically and predominantly about this moment that's happening. And so how do you see that? taking place in our world and believers getting, you know, unfortunately sometimes a tunnel vision into scriptures like uh, a, a doctrine, pre-trib rapture, we're not going to be here. We believe it's going to happen that the evil man is coming, the antichrist is coming, a one world government's coming, but we're not going to be here. And then we've already looked into that, that that is not true. Uh, there's nowhere in the Bible that that says that's, that's reality. So how do you see this pastor Jeff? Everything you just said and, the, and, and more that you're going to be sharing, lining up with Bible prophecy. A few weeks ago, matter of fact, two weeks ago, in our, in our prayer time, I have a prayer group. And um, we were praying. And while someone else was in the group was praying, the Holy Spirit began to speak to me. And he gave me, he gave me three scriptures in Jeremiah. And... Let me go. He gave me Jeremiah. The first one he gave me was was uh, Jeremiah chapter chapter one, verse ten. And looking at that, I was trying to see which translation, but I, I just pulled it up in the uh, in the NIV. I just have it right now. It says, see today, I appoint you over nations and kingdoms to uproot and tear down, to destroy and overthrow, to build and to plant. So I wrote that down, jotted that down real quickly. And uh, the next one he gave me was Jeremiah 31.28. 3128 says, just as I watched over them to uproot and tear down and to overthrow, destroy, and bring disaster, so I will watch over them to build and to plant, declares the Lord. And the last one he gave me of of the three, back to back, I wrote that down, I wrote it down, was Jeremiah chapter 18. Verses 7 through 10. And it says, If at any time I announce that a nation or kingdom uprooted, torn down, and destroyed, verse 8, and if that nation, I warn, repents of its evil, then I will relent and not inflict on it the disaster I had planned, verse 9. And if at another time 
I announce that a nation or kingdom is to be built up and planted, verse 10, and if it does evil in my sight and does not obey me, then I will reconsider the good I had intended to do for it. Hmm. So prayer to get some clarity and to break this down, you know, God, what are you saying with those three right there? You know, what what are you saying? I mean, I I I have a somewhat uh, understanding of what he said, but could there be a deeper meaning? Show me. You know, are you going to lead me to, to another scripture or basically? So I just been meditating on that, and you just you know, like I said, this is a couple of weeks ago. You just released me when you when you mentioned that to to say that. But I think also what I said when I was opening today. People are talking about revival, but there needs to be repentance. And we're focusing Amen. on the wrong thing. You know, people don't want to hear this, but you got a group of people who are saying, you know, who 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 literally hate Donald Trump. And you got another group of people who literally idolize him. You know? But, you know, He's not the problem, but he's also not the solution mm-hmm. because we're in such a mess that the only the only solution is Jesus. That's the only solution. And I do believe we've gone down that road, but repentance is the answer. But the but but the key is will 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 America repent? I brought my answer was with just my answer would be no they won't. So we have to prepare for what's to come. And people yeah. won't prepare if they don't know. Because well, they're misunderstood for lack of knowledge. There you go. There you go. Yeah, I was there four six. So I think it is. Um what a sobering moment. What a sobering moment. Uh, I mean, those scriptures that God gave to you is basically saying, you know, uh, I'm planning to wipe you out, but if you'll turn to me, then I'll, I'll repent. But if you don't turn to me, I'm going to wipe you out. And They'll here do. we are. Yeah, he's going to do it. And I don't know how anybody could read the Bible and somehow put God in a box or say that God is so far away, he doesn't see this, God is too much love to bring judgment. I don't see how anybody that reads the Bible, Old Testament and New Testament, can fathom in their mind, can think in their mind somehow that judgment is far from this nation, that, you know, this has nothing to do with judgment, that God's not, you know, angry and God's not, it, I, it just, it's not the God of the Bible that people are actually believing and uh, to be here and think that you know I, I'm gonna I'm gonna be okay because I'm gonna disappear before all this bad stuff happens, Pastor Jeff. This this prophecy, the things that have been spoken for years, could happen in the next day, in the context of the environment that we're living in right now. Is that correct? You're absolutely right. I mean, it, I mean. <laughs> It, it, it's a spiritual battle, but we also have to look at look at it from the natural situation. I, I told you I had a couple of couple of other articles. My last two that ties in kind of segues into that. At any moment, I mean, that's why I say prepared. 
We have to be prepared in the natural, but we also have to be prepared spiritually. I mean, we're we're teetering on the brink of annihilation. I mean, my next article says six reasons why there will not be a midterm election. And I mentioned that I mentioned on last week with you that the representative from uh, the Republican representative from Texas was kind of. I won't say boasting, but was saying he believes that it's going to be uh, uh, a uh, Republican red wave, you know, and 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 the Republicans are going to win, and and that would be great, you know. I mean, of course, compared to you know to definitely what the Democrats are doing, but it's bigger than that. He, he I mean, he, if they, you know, he's believing that they're going to get in, and then the Republicans will have the House and the Senate, and they'll be able to veto and stop the stuff that President Biden's doing, yada, yada. Well, uh, the six reasons why there will not be a midterm election from um, 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 what's the name? Doug, me, uh, Doug Hodges, Dave, Dave Hodges. Dave Hodges, this was an article from this past weekend. And, he give, you know, he gives a whole lot of uh, – uh, information about what happened in 2020 and everything. I won't go into that. But he basically says he's going to cover many of the ways in which the Democrats will prevent a 2020 midterm election from taking place. And we know 2022. Mm-hmm. I'm, I'm sorry, 22. Yeah, I said 2020. Mm-hmm. The, uh, the 2022 midterm election. And he gives six reasons why he believes that they're not going to happen. And it kind of ties into what we were just saying about we're on the brink. Anything could anything could happen before November. We, I was when I, I was thinking about it, uh, last night, I, and I said, guess what? We're only six months away. June, July, August, September, October, November, six months away. So the first reason he believes is because there could be a nuclear war. My first article: China and Taiwan. What about Iran? What about North Korea? I mean, anything, I mean, nuclear war could break out, and we even say Russia. I mean, nuclear war could break out at any time. Uh, Brother Dunn has already articulated all of this. Number two, uh, the second reason why Dave believes, Dave Hodges believes there would not be a, uh, uh, a midterm election. He says civil war. We talked about civil war from a racial standpoint, but it could be civil war, he says, spawning out of the Roe versus Wade civil unrest. You said, I heard you when I was in the queue, but before you brought me on, which I'm about 25, 35 miles from D.C., man, it's kind of, it's not kind of, it's crazy up here. People are out, are pro, uh, are, are these, uh, you know, pro, pro-abortion people are protesting outside of the justices of uh, homes. Uh, I just heard this morning that one of the justices, they've got him and moved into a secret location. That could be, you know, we don't, you don't know, we don't know how that's going to turn out. Uh, number three, he said, massive national starvation from which the elements of famine are already in place. And it's ironic that he said this, and the people do not have six months of food supply left. I didn't even notice that when I said six months, but that's in his article. And the people don't have six months of food supply left. Uh, I don't know if you've heard uh, or have been reading a lot of the, you know, you know, you can buy these uh, prepackaged food, you know, these companies that where you can get these food buckets and stuff like that. Uh, over the last two or three months, 
about a dozen of those places that provide those, uh, uh, you know, preppers, you know, uh, uh, prepackaged food buckets. A lot of their factories here have mysteriously burned down. Interesting. Number. You're, ta- you're, you're talking about <laughs> the re- dehydrated you know food? No, I didn't know that. Yeah. So you mean yeah, the actual you know factory? Yeah, you know, you can, you know, they've been sent, you know, they've been advertising those for years. I know people like Jim Baker and others, they were doing it for years where you could get these food buckets dehydrated, you know, kind of prepackaged or whatever you call it, food. 25 years shelf life. It has a shelf life of 20 years Mm -hmm. or so. You know what I'm talking about, right? Yes. Well, well, about a dozen of those uh, companies that that, uh, provide that, they have had fires at their factories over the last couple of months. Really? Wow. Yes, okay. Sir. Okay. Number four, he says transportation costs due to Biden's deliberate nation-killing nation energy policies will cripple the supply chain and literally nothing will be moving. Number five, as if... Uh, will not be enough to spur a civil war, the starving the starving have not will be rioting on their own in every community across America. It is easy to predict that a weakened America will become an invaded America if people don't have the food. You know, you we talked about the parable of the of the of the ten virgins. You know, the five had oil, the five didn't. The five didn't want to get the oil they wanted to get the oil from the ones who did have. He said, no, <laughs> shut the door, no. So what's going to happen if people that have and have not? The people that have have the food and the ones that don't, you know, what is that? what could that possibly lead to? Then he says, lastly, and if the first five reasons did not get your attention, then G, I call them that, Fauci and Gates are telling you that another more deadly pandemic is coming, and so are the accompanying lockdowns in which your civil liberties will be gone and the government will have unlimited power. You will, according to uh, Hodges, he said, you will swear that you're living in 1938 Germany. Okay, I just saw an article where uh, the president, uh, the man they call the president, um, Joe uh, Biden, was grieving over the uh, one million lives that were lost to COVID-19. Biden calls one million U.S. deaths from COVID an irreplaceable loss in orders flags lowered. <clears throat> They're going to continue with that. And you're saying that the sixth thing that uh, Dave Hodges said is that there would be another one. I, I don't deny that one bit, Pastor Jeff. I believe that is so real that uh, they're not finished with the, uh, the, the pandemics, the diseases, um, and you, you add to that these CMEs, these solar flares, EMPs, uh, the possibility of earthquakes and more, more things. That, I mean, there's a, there's a pang coming and an acceleration of birth pangs that are going to follow like aftershocks, massive earthquake on the way, uh, whatever that is, spiritual, symbolic, actual. Um, but these things are, uh, again, things that the Bible warns people about. People should be paying attention to what you're saying because it is biblical. It is a Bible reality of end-time prophecy, and to ignore these things 
is an absence of reality in the mind of those who do. You're absolutely so, right. And to kind, of, to kind of quickly segue in what you were just saying, I didn't know what you just said about uh, uh, Biden lowering the flag and all of this grieving and everything. But this is my last article, which I was tying in. I told you I had three. I told you about China. I just told you about what Dave Hodges said on Sunday. You can remember what I've been telling you over the last couple of weeks, that they were going to start beating the drums about this pandemic again because supposedly, I guess, about three or four weeks ago, Fauci said that it was over, and Jen Psaki came right back and kind of rebuked Fauci and said it wasn't over and everything like that. Well, my last article from yesterday said it's entitled COVID Surprise. Well, you know, during election years, they always talk about an October surprise. You heard that term. Well, this mm-hmm. article says COVID surprise. Biden administration forecast surge around midterm. Now, isn't that interesting? Why couldn't it be a surge around midterm? A senior official in the Biden administration told CNN that the White House is currently predicting around 100 million infections during the approaching fall and winter months, a time of the year where new case records have been set during both years of the pandemic. However, according to Johns Hopkins University data, around 40 million COVID cases were reported in America from September 1st to February 20th, this past February 28th. While this is possibly a harsh undercount because of the highly infectious yet mild nature of the Omicron variant, it suggests the White House assumes case figures could reach even further heights this year compared to last year. Specialists have long suggested that the next big spread of the virus would occur during the cold weather months of fall and winter and that America would avoid the type of summer surge that struck in both 2020 and 2021 because much of the population has large uh, immunity to the virus due to the COVID-19 vaccines and previous infections during a record-breaking winter Omicron surge. Cases are beginning to increase this spring, though leaping 25% over the past week to 72,899 per day. However, deaths have not kept pace with issues during the Omicron period of the pandemic, and the country is currently recording 551 COVID deaths every day, according to the most recent data from Hopkins. The White House projections assume that there are no vaccine mitigation measures like more lockdowns or mask mandates in effect between now and then, no new variants that suggest a major change in the complexion of the pandemic or that the administration does not obtain any new funding to keep some virus programs in place. President Biden has urged Congress to pass more funding to allow the federal government to continue buying tests and therapeutics and other virus surveillance and prevention measures. A massive $22.5 billion relief proposal suggested by the White House was removed from a spending package. Finally, many in Congress and the total American population are ready to move beyond the pandemic. Instead, there is clamoring to use the funds elsewhere and not in COVID prevention. As a result, some programs created by federal and state officials during the pandemic have been reverted. 
The government no longer covers COVID treatments in hospitals. Free testing has been rolled back in much of the country as well. That's 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 heartbreaking. Um, I don't know why it is very very sad article. How do you interpret that, Pastor Jeff? What do what do you what do you if you were to just kind of capitalize what you just said, uh, what, what would it be? Well, I, I think it's continuing to use fear to continue to try to try to uh, again. They don't want the elections to take place for the change, so therefore they have to use all of this. You got to lay the groundwork. Before that happens, perfect example. Let me give you an example. My wife, you know, we started my wife, Dee. Uh, I had to take her out to to one of the hospitals. Uh, uh, this was a couple of weeks ago. She had um, uh, a bout with vertigo. Everything is fine now and everything. But the bottom line is when we were leaving, because, you know, it, it, it used to be up until recently where they kind of uh, lacked some of the rules where if you took, a family member to the hospital, you couldn't go back with them and, and everything like that. Well, I was able to go back, you know, back into the room with her during the whole procedure uh, and everything. So long story short, when we were getting ready to leave, you know, the nurse who was there, we, you know, we thanked her. Hey, you know, you know, appreciate everything. And I, and, and I, I was just led to say the following. I said, hey, excuse me. I said, uh, I see, you know, you guys are allowing people like myself and others to come back with their family members and so forth. And I said, uh, it looks like the rules are, are slacking. And, and, you know, you guys haven't been really busy. I mean, I don't see a lot of people out here like it was in the past. and everything. So everything's getting better, right? And, Pastor, this lady, this nurse, I mean, she was almost in a panic. She goes, oh, no, it's, it's not getting better. It's still, you just don't know. It's still, you know, we're still getting, we're still getting a lot of people. You know, pandemic, you know, it was like she was this walking billboard of of fear and paranoia. And I'm like, but but, but we're, I don't, you know, she goes, oh, well, you know, you may not see that, but we're still busy. We're still packed. We're still, you know, so they, you know, it's like she was keeping this narrative going to, in a way, to me, it's like she was, uh, again, it, it, it's like she had been told, if somebody asks you a question similarly like what I did, you've got to continue to make them feel this panic. You know, it's like if you were talking to me, Pastor, can I go and do something? Oh, no, listen, you can't do this. It's really bad. It's really so now you're going to probably get, oh, wow, you know, this is this is really, you know, wow, I didn't know it was still, still serious like that. And that's that's this whole thing, man. It, 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 it's crazy. You know what's really you know what's really strange, and it is crazy, it's awkward, um, the ministers of God who are preaching God's truth that are warning people about the insanity that is coming are called fear mongers. And yet here you have the United States government and all of its lackeys involved with it, fear that, that people are today, this very day, I watch it every single day, somebody walking from their car to the mailbox and they've got a mask on. And the fear mongering that's going on um, from the world is one thing, but when the truth of God is being spoken to prepare people, to warn people about what will be, uh, there's a resistance to it because, oh, you're just fear-mongering. We want to have our best thing now. And um, it, it is a very awkward time. And I guess the big question, Pastor Jeff Bass, is are people ready to endure 
the things that are coming on this earth. And are people prepared in their heart to really meet the creator of heaven and earth, God, the creator, our Father, the Lord Jesus Christ, Holy Spirit, these are, this is God. Are we really prepared to face him, to meet him? We may have an idea that we're ready to embrace him, run into his loving arms, but is that, what does that determine? You know, what determines that reality of someone's mindset? I mean, if we're living and we're unprepared for a great falling away, the love of many waxing cold, um, you know, people turning their backs on the Lord, defecting from the truth. You know, how, does, how do you really prepare to endure this kind of affliction that the Bible predicts is going to happen? Every single thing you talked about, from pestilence, disease, solar flares, CMEs, EMPs, earthquakes, uh, civil war, nuclear war, massive national starvation, uh, rioting, pandemic, all these things are existing. They're a reality, but, um, you know, every resistance or things that would hold that back uh, the restraint is being taken away. How, you know, isn't the big question, are people ready to meet the Lord for their eternal destination? I don't think a lot of people are. And I, and I think, you know, I think back to when this, when, when everything started in 2020, and I remember the Lord gave me that message and that series on uh, it has begun. And then he said, it was like a colon after that. It has begun. And then it was the, the uh, shaking, the sifting, and the shifting. And we've seen the shaking, uh, the sifting, everything that can be sifted like a sifter. You know, I remember in the message I used the analogy. I, I went and got a, uh, uh, like a, one of those uh, sifting devices where you separate, you know, just like I remember how my grandmother used to make uh, cakes and different things, and she had a sifter. And she would sift the flour or whatever to get the lumps out or and, and other stuff like that. And I and I don't think people are sifting the actual word, you know, the from you know, the truth from from the falsehood. You know, people a lot of people have made people their God. They've made the media their God. They believe everything that that they say. And and, and the more and more that I listen to to what's going on and, and but more importantly compare what's going on in the natural to what God is saying, you know, God is exposing. But I think it's is are we the people willing to accept what God shows us, Pastor? Is it, what I mean by that is the people that we're putting our faith and trust in. You know, if God reveals something to us, are we willing to accept that? If God shows us that the path I'm on is is not the right path, am I willing to hear what God says and make the course adjustment? Yeah. I just came across an, uh, an article last night that I that I did share here, but I, and I won't call this person's name. He he he's on Fox. I just say one of the most popular commentators on Fox. Well, th- there was this movie that just came out about what happened in 2020 in November, mm-hmm. and this. Uh, this commentator refused to let the the person on their show because he didn't want to hear anything about it. He didn't want to discuss that. So a lot of people that people in the natural are putting their faith in and whatever, it's like a thing we talked about it. This is like I had a one of our members say to me uh, six, seven, eight months ago, whatever, says, Pastor, this is like a movie that we're living in. You know, it, it's it's unbelievable. 
you know, the stuff that's going on, and you have to have, as we said before in, in, in past conversations we've had here on your show, the D word, discernment, because it's, a, again, a battle versus good versus evil, but it's also a battle of, I believe, deception versus discernment. And there's so much yeah. deception going on, how are we going to know as that old commercial back in the day, is it live or is it memorized? You know, mm-hmm. how, how are we going to know the truth from what's false if we, don't have, if we don't have the Holy Spirit and we don't have the spirit of discernment? Well, amen to that. We won't, and that's right. I, I want to walk through something with you on the air right now. I want to go to the book of Revelation, um, and, and I want our listeners right now to pay very careful attention. I want them to, you know, uh, look at this and then, you know, weigh it. Weigh what I'm about to say and what we're going to read here in just a moment. Um, I have explained and expressed, I believe, that the book of Revelation is like a woman in travail. So when somebody opens up the book of Revelation, they should have a visual of a a hospital room or whatever where a woman is on her bed and she is preparing uh, to give birth, okay? Uh, The pregnancy has already happened. You know, there have been, uh, you know, it's just that time now. So the whole prophecy is likened to a woman in travail. It actually says that in the Greek definition in Revelation chapter 6. But I just wanted to, you know, just to help people to understand, if you can view the, you know, these few little things, Revelation chapter 6, verses 12 to 17, uh, talks about a sixth seal. And I, you know, I view that as a birth pang, uh, the, the, each seal representing a pang, if you will. And so the sixth seal is a massive, global, transformative pang. It, is a, it begins with this massive earthquake, and it just sifts and shifts and shakes, just like you said, everything on Earth. I mean, even in the heavens, there's a falling of the stars, cometary impact, asteroids, I mean, meteorites, whatever that symbology is, it's there. And so I, I could see so easily Revelation chapter 6, verses 12 to 17, as the pang that I'm referring to. Uh, in my thinking, and then chapter 7 is just a pause, and then immediately after that, chapter 8 and chapter 9 are the aftershocks, the acceleration, and just take a look at what they may be. I mean, in in Revelation chapter 8, verse 6, the seven angels which had the seven trumpets prepared themselves to sound. The first angel sounded. So chapter 6, Revelation 12 to 17, the massive pang. I mean, it's a big one when you read it, right? But then this is what follows. There followed in this first angel uh, hail and fire mingled with blood. They were cast upon the earth, and the third part of trees was burnt up. All green grass was burnt up. And the second angel sounded, as it were, a great mountain burning with fire was cast into the sea. Could be a volcano, could be a meteorite, a comet, third part of the sea became blood. The third part of the creatures were turned in the sea and had life died. Third part of the ships were destroyed. And the third angel sounded, there fell a great star from heaven, again, burning as it were a lamp, meteorite, comet, and it fell upon the third part of the rivers and upon the fountains of waters. And the name of the star is called Wormwood, and the third part of the waters became Wormwood. Many men died of the waters because they were made bitter. The fourth angel sounded, the third part of the sun was smitten, the third part of the moon, the third part of the stars. So as the third part of them was darkened, 
going back to Amos chapter 8, and the day shone not for a third part of it, and the night likewise. And I beheld and heard an angel flying through the midst of heaven, saying with a loud voice, Woe, woe, woe to the inhabitants of the earth by reason of the other voices of the trumpet of the three angels which are yet to sound. So in, in, in A Woman in Travail, Revelation chapter 6, 12 to 17, a massive birth pang. Chapter 8, we just read, there are four pangs that follow in acceleration one after the other. And then there are three woes that are going to come that are going to be even greater. And you find those woes in Revelation chapter 9 with the opening of a pit, the release of very demonic spirits that sting people. They long for death. We've talked about that. Uh, World War III is described there as well. And um, these things are written in Scripture, birth pangs, birth pangs, leading up to the Great Tribulation period. These are the birth pangs of leading up to the birthing of that satanic arrival, the birthing of the man of sin, the birthing of the son of perdition, the birthing of the Antichrist, which now in a reduced populated earth where you have 4 billion people and more that have been eradicated, now you have a global one world government coming to bring, and this is going to be existing for three and a half years. Well, either we're getting ready to walk through the midst of this thing uh, like Abraham on the top of a mountain, or we're going to be caught in the, in the calamities. And, you know, I just, I look at that and I say, these things are real. The events that I just read in Revelation chapter 8 are real. They are going to happen. We may not understand the fullness of what they mean, but they are going to happen. And we're reading about all this stuff that's going on, the potential for World War III. We're reading about starvation. We're reading about famine. We're reading about an earth that is shaking. Pastor Jeff, how do you, how, how do you get people to understand that the things that we're sharing, the people, things people are picking up are biblical, and they're real, and we need to be prepared for them? Well, again, I just think they have to sift, sift the things that they're going that that we're seeing through the lens or, or or through the sifter of of truth versus falseness, you know, uh, discerning. I mean, you know, when you when when you read that, it just reminded me, and I just pulled it up. Did you hear about the earthquakes in South Carolina? No. On on Monday, May whatever May ninth, I guess that was yeah Monday. There was a a, a magnitude three point three earthquake near Elgin, South Carolina. And over the last two days, from the 9th through the, through the 11th, there has been, it says, I'm reading an article, seven earthquakes reported in South Carolina in the last two days. Wow. And that just doesn't happen. But Scripture, it tells us, what is it, in uh, Matthew 24 or whatever, or, or it tells us about, uh, and, and, and a couple other places, about earthquakes in divers or diverse places so yeah when you start putting all the pieces together things are happening that we shouldn't think is strange because it's biblical if it says it's going to happen in diverse or uh, diverse places you just don't hear about earthquakes in south carolina we had one about 12 13 years ago here in the in the virginia area i mean it wasn't a massive one like a seven six or something like that 
But I, I still remember my son was, was here. I think he was a senior in high school. So this has probably been seven, eight, nine years, seven years or so. And he was he was here with me that, that afternoon, the house. <laughs> Pictures were falling. Wow. So, you know, you know, these things aren't, you know, we think it's strange, but I, I tend to believe, just like what you were saying, we're in, the, we're in the last days, and these things that we think in the natural are strange, I think it's lining up biblically. Go ahead. I'm it is. No, it's okay. Uh, don't be. Uh, it just, can I, here we are. We're flowing right now. Uh, Revelation chapter 6, verse 12. This is what I personally believe and have held on to for several years that this is the next great event, and it is Revelation 6.12. I beheld when he had opened the sixth seal, and lo, there was a great earthquake, and the sun became black as sackcloth of hair. All right, there's the darkness again. I will darken the earth in the clear day. Uh, Amos chapter 8. So the sun became black as sackcloth of hair. The moon became as blood. The stars of heaven fell unto the earth, even as a fig tree casts her untimely figs, and uh, when she is shaken of a mighty wind. So celestial things, maybe even uh, with these meteorites, these comets, with the shaking of, you know, the, uh, this, this celestial impact, maybe all those little devices we ship up there for navigating, the, you know, all, whatever you call those things up there that we send on rockets. Um, and then it says, and the... Heaven departed as a scroll when it is rolled together. Every mountain and island were moved out of their places. The kings of the earth and the great men and the rich men and the chief captains and the mighty men and every bondman and every free man hid themselves in the dens and in the rocks of the mountains and said to the rocks and mountains or mountains and rocks, fall on us and hide us from the face of him that sits on the throne and from the wrath of the lamb for the great day of his wrath has come and who shall be able to stand. And there are different ways of interpreting that, but that in succession would be, because the first five seals, we, we can monitor, you know, and say these, these five seals have opened, even in our generation. The sixth seal, this global event that's going to shake the world, that's going to send everybody into their bunkers, uh, that event is at the door, I personally believe, and I believe that it'll be a time of the wrath of God being revealed but I believe these men will come out from their bunkers after this happens, and they're going to continue on in their new world order, rebellion against God. They will refuse to bow their knee like the word will say. And then there's going to be aftershocks that are going to begin to happen, Revelation 8 and 9. And it just, it just dawns on me, this earthquake, this mighty globe-shaking event, something that will shake the world and shift everything and sift everything, like you were saying, um, I just can't, you know, just, you know, let that out of my mind. I believe that's going to happen. It's the Bible. It's what it says will happen. No doubt about it. Um, I was looking for the article. When you just read that, I think you just read Revelation 6 and 12. Yeah. Let's see. Uh, when you said the sun turned black like sackcloth made of goat hair, the whole moon turned blood red. Um, yeah. Did you hear about? I think that just the, the blood moon, uh, the blood red moon, just happened in in uh, in Korea earlier this week. And Shanghai, China, I mean, had a blood red sky everywhere. Yes, yes, a blood red sky. So it's just just a lot of different yeah. things. Uh, one of the things we didn't talk about, I didn't read the article, but but the quick thumbnail or or thumb sketch about how things are going. 
and tying into about, um, you know, what's going on. Um, I think Congress is getting ready, said the first time in over 50 years or more, they're going to have hearings about UFOs and so forth, you know, that uh, they're going to re- revisit that. It's just so much, so much going on, I think, that's, that's lining up uh, uh, in, with biblical prophecy, you know, end-time prophecy that, you know, we need to, you know, continue to watch. We need to continue to pray. Uh, we need to continue to uh, seek the Lord. Um, I, I think all of us, we need to pray, and I know I'm praying about that because I heard even a, a, a well-known man of God the other day who, if I call his name, everybody would know, he said God spoke to him and told him to cut the TV off, basically, and that, you know, he missed the the quality time that they were having, you know, that they, they used to have together. So he said it led him to cut off his cable, all the, you know, all type of communication like that, and he just spends his days just before the Lord, reading the word, prayer, seeking God. And I know we have jobs and we have stuff like, you know, situations and, and responsibilities. So I'm not necessarily saying, every well, because people might tell me, well, Pastor, I can't do that. And I understand. But I just think we've got to, we've got to get closer to God. We've got to hear what God is saying. You know, the Bible says, be still and know that I am God. You know, we've got to be still before him. We've got to carve out some time in our quote-unquote busy day to just go before the Lord and hear what he is saying because we're getting uh, inundated with what is CNN saying, what is this network saying, what is Bob over here, and I don't know anybody named Bob, I'm just using an analogy, what is this person saying, what is that person saying? But what is God saying? You know, what is he telling us? You know, if we, you know, the time comes for us to flee to a certain place, if we're not in position to hear from God, we're going to miss it. Amen. Amen to that. You're right on. And so the the most important thing right now, in all sincerity, is to remember that we human beings were created by God to worship him. There is DNA within us. DNA coded God coded reality that we are to worship. Unfortunately, we've been blinded and have worshiped many other things and not God. And at the end of our life, if that's the reality, then we will have missed eternity. And yet if if we believers would remember my life is a Christian, my life is a, a man of God, a woman of God is to worship God, to place all value upon God that he is more valuable than everything and anything, even life itself. God is the one that deserves the glory. He is the one that we will praise and honor and worship him in our obedience, in following his instructions, honoring him, respecting him, loving him. We worship him. And if we have that perspective, a lot of the unnecessary stuff is going to fade away And we're going to live in the abundance of God's provision, not trying to do it ourselves, make our lives work. God is going to unfold everything and cause everything of the life he called us to have. Pastor Jeff, we could live an incredible life if we would just operate in the divine destiny of being worshipers of the one true God 
and when we worship him, what he would do in return of that worship is unfold the destination and the purpose of our existence upon this earth so that we can live it out here and move on into eternity. What's wrong with that plan? Nothing's wrong with it. I think you're, you know, again, as always, you know, being led by the spirit, you're spot on. He that worship me must worship him in spirit and in truth. And I think when I, when I, you know, and I've always kind of just wanted to just meditate on what that means. I mean, and, and, and as you were just talking, I was thinking about that. God, God, the Bible tells us God looks at the, the inward while man looks at the outward. And God knows knows us. He knows what I'm about to say. He knows what I've already said. He knows what I'm going to say and stuff. And he knows if I'm real or not. And I think, you know, am I worshiping him for what I can get from him or what I want him to do for me? Or am I worshiping him because I truly know you are worthy to be praised, God. You are worthy of all my praise. You are worthy of all the honor. You're worthy of all the glory. And you know, as I say that, the sincerity of that, the, the 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 intimacy and the relationship with God. You know, whether whether you bless me, whether you never bless me again, you're still worthy to be praised. Whether you do such and such, you're still worthy to be praised. You're worthy of all the praise, the honor, and the glory. And so, uh, that's that that's that's it. That's key. You know, that's what He created us to do—to worship Him. And the enemy is doing everything he can to even up to this point. The internet can be a good thing, but it can be a bad thing. Because if I, mm-hmm. most people spend more time on the internet than they do in the presence of God. It's true. So That's very you know, true. so we need uh, again. We need to carve out that time. We need to just just start right where we are and just ask Him, Lord, forgive me if I haven't spent the time with You. You know. You know, it's kind of like with our mates, you know, if, you know, I'm just using an analogy. If I just went, went out with the boys, not drinking or doing stuff like that, not, not, not anything like that, but I'm going to the gym and playing ball, and I'm over to here to, to, to this friend's house playing a video game, and, and I went over here to help the person, guy wash his car, and, I, and, and now I've got to go do this, and I've got to do that, and I'm, and I'm, and I'm ignoring my spouse. It's wrong. Something's wrong with that picture, because yeah, I need no to give her quality time, and, and and you know we need to give God the you know the time He deserves. You know that Amen. intimacy. You know Jesus would get up as you know early, and uh, go to a quiet place and pray and, and 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 seek the Father. And I think part of that was so that He could get refilled, because He was always pouring out of. of of himself to people, you know. So I think he needed to go back to be refilled by God so he could be be used again amongst the people to pour out. But, you know, you need something in you to be able to pour something out of you. And you can't pour something out of you if there's nothing in you. Amen. So. You're right on. What an, what an exhortation and what a brilliant way to go out of the broadcast today. Um, I've got to get running right now, Pastor Jeff Bass. If anybody that wants to follow your ministry, your work, how do they get in touch with you, Pastor Jeff? Uh, well, they can reach me. I'll, I'll give my um, uh, our website now. We're gonna we're in the midst of a transition that I'll be you know sharing more as we go over the next couple of months. We're still gonna be okay. ministering, but right now you can reach me at www. 
dot my that's m y river c c dot o r g my river c c dot o r g that's our website or you can reach me uh at my email it's kind of an old school i guess i'm grandfathered in the a o l it's p as in peter the word triple that's t r i p l e c like in cat at a o l dot com e triple c at AOL.com. That's how you can get me, Jeff Bass. All right, Pastor Jeff Bass, we love you, man. We appreciate you sharing what you did. Very rich moments, very anointed uh, things that were shared here today. God bless you. We'll look forward to seeing you next week, Lord willing. Remember, you can visit Pastor Jeff Bass. He's got the radio programs, got website, myriverCC.org. Make sure you say hello. Bless that man of God and his family. All right, Pastor Jeff, shalom, and thank you. God bless you. Yeah, thank you, uh, Pastor Vincent. Talk to you next time. Okay. All right, we're going to go to a hard close. Shalom, everybody. Remember, you can listen 24 hours a day, seven days a week. We are broadcasting on omegaradio.org, omegaradio.org. Right when I hang up here, you'll be able to go to omegaradio.org, listen 24-7 to some broadcasts that we've been doing along the way. Be informed. Be listening. Tune in. God bless. Shalom. Have a great day. We'll see you, Lord willing, tomorrow. Step into the world of power, loyalty, and luck. I'm going to make him an offer he can't refuse. With family, cannolis, and spins mean everything. Now, you want to get mixed up in the family business. Introducing The Godfather at ChompaCasino.com. Test your luck in the shadowy world of The Godfather slot. Someday, I will call upon you to do a service for me. Play The Godfather now at ChompaCasino.com. Welcome to the family. VDW Group. No purchase necessary. Avoid where prohibited by law. See terms and conditions. 18 plus. Judy was boring. Hello. Then Judy discovered chumbacasino.com. It's my little escape. Now Judy's the life of the party. Oh baby, Mama's bringing home the bacon. Whoa, take it easy, Judy. <laughs> The Chumba Life is for everybody. So go to ChumbaCasino.com and play over 100 casino-style games. Join today and play for free for your chance to redeem some serious prizes. ChumbaCasino.com. No purchase necessary. Voidware prohibited by law. 18 plus terms and conditions apply. See website for details.